Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Just lift your hands to heaven, close your eyes. We're gonna connect with God right now. God, oh God, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are always the same that you never change, oh God. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are a God consistent in love, consistent in grace, consistent in mercy. Lord, we thank you, God, for what happened at the conference. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in each of our lives. And we thank you, Father, that what you started in us, a good thing that you started in us, you are faithful to complete. And Lord, we just want to receive of you tonight. Lord, I ask even as I I speak and minister tonight, Lord, I pray it wouldn't be my words, it would be your spoken through me, God, to reach the hearts of the people that you care so much about. Lord, I thank you that you have something for each and every one of us tonight. We declare breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for these things. Come on, can I get a big amen? Amen, amen, amen. Um, Y'all can go ahead and take a seat. Thank you so much, worship team. You're amazing. Can I have Christian and Lupita stand, please, though? You guys get to keep standing. I came in and I kind of felt like that. It's like conference is still going. And so I said, God, give me a word for somebody. And I looked over and your little faces were glowing. um, And I felt God speak to me. And I just wanted to share with you. I, and this isn't me, I really feel God wants you to know you hit your stride. You're in your stride. And I saw these levels and then I saw you guys and all of a sudden it's like the levels skipped. And you just appear. And I think it's an amazing thing. I don't know what you've done in the secret place. I don't know what things have happened in your prayer life, in your intercession, but I am telling you this. You are exactly where God wants you to be, and you've hit your stride. And I see everything that you touch flourish. I see your ministry life has gone to a whole nother level. Your marriage, a whole nother level. Your family, your business. And it's not by the arm of man. It's not by you striving. This now is effortless. You've got the breath of heaven heaven behind you. And you're going to find things that used to be hard, all of a sudden, easy. You're going to go, how did that just take care of itself? God is with you. And he's proud of you. He's proud of you for persisting. He's proud of you for staying committed. He's proud of you for launching out into the deep so far that people may never, ever know about. But God sees what you've done in the dark. And he will reward that publicly. So I just want to commend you today. You're stunning. God's proud of you. And I just see that growth continuing on the inside of you. Let's give a cheer to that beautiful couple. All righty. Well, I am so excited to share this message today. Pastors Mike and Katie say hi all the way from Salt Lake City. And um, they're there just for a couple of days and then they'll be back. But uh, they asked me to speak and I'm just so excited to share. And we've had so much Wonderful experiences, haven't we, with the RISE Conference? How many people have experienced the presence of God in just a significant way? Like the presence of God, there's just nothing like it. It's extraordinary. And um, 
I was kind of marinating in that, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to speak about? And many of you know me. I'm like, all right, we could go power. We can go ministry. And God said practical. He said, you know what? People have simmered in the anointing, and now we need to make sure that it doesn't just stay in the supernatural, but that it gets put into action in our humanness, in our interactions with each other. And it's February. It's Relationships Month, right? And so we're going to talk um, a little bit about... Um, our relationships and our friendships and how to uh, do community well. Um, I really realized that God, a lot of times when we approach relationships or we approach friendships, I've discovered that God isn't asking us to approach all of these relationships or friendships the same. How could we? We're all very, very different. God has created us uniquely. He's given us his uh, DNA, but we all have different expressions. We've come from different walks of life. We've got different filters, and God loves that. I really felt like God said, you know, it's time to actually celebrate um, the wonderful diversities that are on the inside of us, and our approach to things are not always the same. God isn't also asking us to be like each, each other, that we need to be, you know, little robots, all the same thing, and we all talk the same, and we've all, God didn't create robots. He created human beings. He's not asking us to have the same likes. What he's asking is that he's asking us to be like him. The goal in being a disciple or a follower of Jesus isn't conformity to each other. It is conformity to the image of Christ. So even as I begin to open up this topic, I say all of that just to say as we kind of go into the depth of interpersonal relationships and friendships and all of those things, we're coming at it from the perspective of it's not all the same. It's that let's look to Jesus as the one who designed relationships and let's receive from him on how to do relationships well. How many people know the, that God is three in one? Right? He's three in one, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. So he knows something about intercommunication. He's got it figured out. He knows how to have some personal communication. He exists within three in one all the time. A mystery to us, fascinating to us. But I just began to think, wow, what a God that he's always in communication. And then somehow he's able out of that to minister to people, to talk to people, to do all of those things. So we're going to take a leaf out of his book. And the title of my message today is called Relation Tips. Relation Tips. Do you see that? It's clever. You guys, we can have fun in church. We're going to have a good time tonight, okay? Relation tips. Because I found that when Jesus started his ministry, do you know that he started it with friends? He's like, all right, time to get to business. We got we to gotta change the whole world. I got a mission. I got an assignment to fill to make disciples of the whole world. What am I going to do? And you go to Matthew 4, 18, and he starts picking people. Hey, you, follow me. Hey, you, you look, oh, you look like a great guy. Let's be friends. Like, he starts choosing disciples. Because a lot of times when we approach relationships or ministry, we, we all of a sudden we get, like, so serious. But God's like, no, this is meant to be done in friendship, in relationship, in fun. Like, life is meant to actually, like, work itself out in a very fun way, in a community. And so I found that, that God, um, he chose to do life with friendships. And so that's a model for us to follow as well. So the first point that I have is embrace community, don't hide in it. And we heard a little bit of this through our Connect series. Embrace community, don't hide in it. A community, by definition, is a network of social and economic relationships 
and the places where these relationships interact. It means that just living near each other, as in a suburban neighborhood, doesn't mean you're in community. So what it's saying is just because you're side by side with people doesn't mean you're actually in the community. The Bible would say we have to be in unity in order to have community, right? So if we're looking at community, we have to be in unity. We have to participate in relationships. We can't just come into church and be side by side with people, come in and out and go, oh, I'm part of this amazing community. Yeah, you're part of it, but, but participate in it. Like, we want to go way beyond the superficial. How many of us, all of us, the cry of our heart is that we are all known and seen, that we can celebrate one another, that we can be there for the ups and the downs and the, and the in-betweens. There's something really beautiful about a community. And I found that sometimes when people come into a large community, um, without even meaning to, it's just like, well, I can just be in the crowd. You know, I can just slip in and slip out. Um, Sometimes the place of community can be that place where people hide. I think I've told this story um, a few times, but um, when I was in high school, I was in a boarding school for the last two years of my high school. And uh, I was a junior, and I was living in Ecuador. My parents were missionaries. And I, I chose, I really wanted to go to this boarding school because my parents were just starting the church and launching all of the ministry. So I didn't have tons of Christian friends. All of my friends were non-Christians. And it was beautiful, like, they, you know, the, the work that was happening there. But I just knew within myself, I really need to be around other Christians. And so we found this great high school in the capital city of Ecuador, and I went off to, to go there, and I stayed in a dorm. And that was my first semester in this dorm. And, of course, everything is new to me. I'm in a new city. I'm in a new school. And, um, and even more than that, I, by this time, I had been living in Ecuador for a while. I was probably more Latin or Spanish than I was American at this point, okay? And I go to an Amer this is an American high school. So the whole thing is like culture shock for me. And it's like reverse culture shock. I came as an American, and then I'm like, okay, now I'm Latin American people. And so everything was culture shock. I'm getting used to everything. And then I've got these dorm parents, and, and they very quickly, I realized this is, a very odd situation. They 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 aren't. Um, they, they were supposed to be, you know, in care of us, support us, like all of those things. But all of a sudden, I noticed they were being bringing in all of this control. They were adding in more rules than rules could have. We had a little handbook, and it got like this thick real quick. And I'm like, this is really odd. Like, what is going on here? And um, they started having conversations with my with my parents too, like kind of just expressing, oh, Stacy, you know, she. She's not getting straight A's like in all of her classes. And my dad says, this is just for fun for you guys. You can get a little intel on, on my family life. They, <laughs> my dad's like, oh, what classes? And they're like, well, math and science. And my dad starts laughing. He's like, oh. <laughs> He's like, let me just tell you something about my daughter. Yeah, this is Stacy that's going to this high school. Um, so math and science, here's the thing. She doesn't plan on being a rocket scientist. I'm telling you right now, that is not in her, like, that's not in her five-year plan. She's not going to go that direction. And they're, like, they're all flustered, like, they don't know what to do with it. And he's, like, we didn't send her to this school for academics. We sent her there for a social life. We don't care about the academics. This is just my parents. This is how I grew up, people. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not the smartest cookie on the block, but you know what? Street smarts is more my thing. So, anyways... Come on, so we got some street smart people, all right. And so, I, and so 
these poor dorm parents are bewildered at this point. Like, what in the world has happened? And so, of course, you know, those conversations don't go so well. And every time they have a conversation, it gets worse for all of us that are in the dorm because they just were aggravated by this. Very long story short, it was discovered that this couple was hiding in this ministry. They were hiding in this community. And um, it after a series, I won't get into all of the details, um, but it had gotten just to the point where they had literally sat us kids down that were in the dorm and said, your parents no longer exist. We are your parents. And you'll do what we say. The problem was, I was 17 and me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have parents. And so that didn't go well. So my friend and I one day uh, figured out how we were going to get out of our little jail dorm and um, ran to this couple that we knew and just began to share with them everything that was going on that was really bizarre in that house. And uh, that couple decided to check it all out. And lo and behold, this couple had just started that job. And when they got into it, they hadn't done all the background checks and stuff, so they decided to check. And it turns out these two people were certified psychopaths and had run from the US to Ecuador, thinking they could hide in ministry. The thing is, is that truth always comes out. God has a beautiful way of having the truth surface. Why do I say that? Do I think, you know, all of us, like, oh, I gotta be careful of certified psychopaths. No, I'm not saying that. But <laughs> what I am saying is you're part of a really healthy church where if a wolf does come in, because it can happen, um, God is so beautiful that he will, he literally will allow for truth to surface, to go, you know what, that's not okay here. This is the church. This is the house of God. This is a healthy community. And I think it's good to know that we're part of a community that, yes, we can love one another and be in relationship with one another, but we can also assess when people come in with some bad intentions. And God gives every person an opportunity, a beautiful opportunity, but also at the same time, he will elevate truth so that he can build what is the most magnificent thing on the planet, the church. Can I get an amen? Amen. So let's not just be part of the crowd. We have to be intentional in participating. We don't just want to come to a big church. We're multi-campus and we've got multiple service. We actually want to learn and grow with one another. And I know that's the people that are here today. Am I right? We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to do relationships well. Uh, according to uh, UCLA, this, this would be hilarious actually for the dorm parents now to listen to because I'm going to quote a neuroscientist. So I did learn some things. But according to the UCLA neuroscience, Dr. Dan Siegel, it says, the brain is a social organ that automatically seeks out and engages in development with other people. The brain is genetically programmed to be social, hardwired to take in signals from the social environment to alter its own internal state. That's from Dan Siegel, The Developing Mind. It's amazing how science catches up with the Bible. That our brains are literally wired for community. We're wired for these relationships. And then I was reading an article, and I just want to share a little bit with you because I think it really well describes the kind of community that Awakened Church has been built on, which is a kingdom community. But it said this. Um, it said, this is the benefits of being part of a community. Being part of a community gives us a sense of purpose and belonging. It makes us feel connected to the world through the people who share our same values and our same principles. For us, that's the Bible. That's what we're unified by. 
A community also makes us feel more active and alive. It makes it feel as if we, if the things we do have much more value than we initially thought. We are appreciated and feel more grateful and satisfied. A community provides people with a sense of peace and unity and makes us feel safe and secure. It gives us an assurance that no matter what happens, there will be people who are willing to help and to lift us up. On a more personal level, a community gives us a chance to be more happy and successful in life. With other people in your life who are willing to help you through challenges, you know that you will be able to reach your goals. A community also helps you connect and communicate with the world and with other human beings. You develop a sense of self-growth or a sense of self-growth as you start socializing outside your circle. Your connections become wider and you become more confident. Indeed, there are a lot of benefits to belonging to a group that shares the same thoughts and views with you. And I love that that, to me, describes the community of Awakened Church. And what's significant for us is that it's rooted in biblical principles. It's not rooted in preference. It's not rooted in some theology that's some odd universal whatever. It is rooted in the word of God, that we live by the kingdom principles. And so we have a beautiful baseline to build community from because we're doing it from the word of God. Does that make sense? Okay, so how do we build genuine connections and be open and vulnerable and share from the heart and be connected with people in the community? That's where we're really going to go today. So my point number two is this. Real talk with real people brings real healing. We're going to go real deep today. Can I? Sometimes complex needs to be simple. Real talk with real people brings real healing. And I actually got that from this Bible verse. It says in James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Can we read that together? Is it on the screen? Okay, let's read it together. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Can we think about that verse for a second? Because I thought, you know, many of us think, well, I just confess my sins to God and I'm healed. I confess to, to the Lord and all will be well. But I find it fascinating in that verse that it says, confess your sins. It doesn't say to God there. It says to each other that you may be healed. Now, absolutely, we confess our sins to God and we are forgiven our sins. But God set up relationships with God and man. And there's a part of our healing that comes from our humanity. There's a part of healing that comes through genuine connection with people. That's how God set it up in the Bible. God actually told Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. You need a helper. And, and Adam wasn't fully alone. He had Jesus, right? It says in the Bible that he walked with Jesus in the, in, in the morning, in the cool of the day. I mean, this is a man that had full access to God, and it's only him on the planet. Like, God's not, you know, worried about all the other things, all the other prayer. Like, it's Adam and God. You'd think that'd be enough. But it wasn't. God said, no, I want this relationship. But actually, to work some stuff out, you need people like you. You need humanity in your life. So all of us that, that are toughing it out, trying to do life alone, going, me and God, we're cool, we got it. No, that's not the way it was set up. It's not, it's not either or. It's both. 
that we are set up to have a beautiful, wonderful relationship with God. The last, you know, couple weeks, that's what we've been experiencing is the presence of the living God. But now can we work that out in our humanity? Can we work that out with one another? Can get, we get real vulnerable about what happened in the presence of God? Sometimes people um, go to counseling, and I love counseling for a season. I don't think counseling is like you go to a counselor forever. Otherwise, they're not good at their job, right? Like you should actually fix some things and work out some things and go for, and, and, and I love that. I think it's a, a beautiful, I've done stints of it myself. I love it. But I always tell people when they go to counseling, you only know if you're really free and if that counseling really worked, if after you get out of the counseling sessions, you can talk about it. If everything stays in the counseling room, did we really get healed? If everything stays in darkness, aren't we still alone? I began to find out that, no, instead, if, if we really got some healing, if we really got some understanding, if we really uh, begin to work some stuff out, then we come out and we talk about those things. And there's healing, the Bible says, that comes from that place. My sister, I was chatting with her kind of about this concept, and she said, oh, my gosh, Stacey. She goes, That's, that verse is one of my favorite verses. And I didn't know that. I was like, why is that one of your favorite verses? And um, my sister, she had gotten married really young, and after 10 years of marriage, um, her husband abandoned her. She was single. She wound up single with two children. It was a horrendous situation. She went through hell and back. Uh, we never had had really divorce in our family or that kind of of a thing, and so it was new to everyone, and everybody's learning kind of along the way. And she had to. She she lived in um, in the United States during her for most of her marriage, and and when the breakup happened, she wound up selling her home here in the U.S. and going back to Ecuador to be around family to raise her two sons uh, with my brother and my father and different males that could be in their lives. And she had to learn how to navigate a life that she never expected. No one goes into marriage thinking this isn't going to be forever. And so she finds herself in this situation and she begins to uh, really reunite her heart with God. She goes through all of the things and the emotions and the, and she gets so much healing from God. She begins to share her heart to God and, and, and she, she, we watched a strength come on the inside of her like we had never seen before. And her life really began to open up through the word of God and the presence of God. But then she realized she still wasn't free. She felt like she wore the weight of the world on her shoulders. She felt like she walked in a level of, uh, of shame or, or, or misunderstanding. But she said she never would tell or talk about those things with people because she thought to herself, well, everybody has pains. Everyone has hurts. I don't want to burden people with mine. Yes, mine's significant, but so is theirs. And you begin to talk yourself out of sharing with other people. So there you are. Just, you know, yep, you got that relationship going with God, but, but, you're, but you're, you know, it's, it's a rough time in, in life when you don't have those, those really genuine friendships with people that know what you're really, really going through. Of course, people know on the outside or they can think things on the outside, but you need people in it with you, right? You need people to actually understand. And she thought, oh, that's too much for them. And then she read that verse and she went, wait a minute. I'm missing out on a huge portion of my healing 
because I don't talk about the things that I went through with people. I have to get vulnerable with people. I need to open up. And she began to learn how to choose wisely friendships and people and start to open up that side of her life. Do you know that what anything that's in darkness or stays in darkness, that's where that's the devil's playground. That's where he gets to tell you lies and speak all kinds of things. And because you're not talking to somebody else, you begin to believe the lies of the enemy. But you know what breaks that? Confession. What breaks that is confess and tell someone. Bring it from darkness to the light. When you bring it out into the light, all of a sudden that power is removed. All of a sudden darkness leaves and, and what you felt like you were bound with before is now broken off of your life. And she experienced such a tremendous freedom that now if you meet my sister, she is like the world's best friend. I call her the Mother Teresa of Ecuador. She always has people around her. She's always inviting people over. I mean, I feel like I'm like a decent pastor. I call her and I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. I'll call her. I'll be like, yeah, I just had, you know, a bunch of people over and ministering. And she's like, oh, me too. And I was like, oh, who'd you have? She's like, oh, just like 120 people, like at her house. And I'm like, oh, dear God. Okay. But she, she does, she's kind of known for it. She figures out ways to really connect with people because you know what? When you get free from the heart, when you experience the word of God come alive, come alive in you, what do you want to do? You want to give that away. Her life mission now is setting people free. And how beautiful of God that he never leaves us where we started. She's now remarried to a beautiful man. She's got a wonderful marriage. She had two more sons. So she has four sons, yeah. Um, and is thriving in her relationship with God and with people. The Bible says in Revelations 12, 11, and they overcame him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Can I just tell you tonight, your testimony is important. Where we came from is not where we have to stay. But you know what I discovered? We've got to begin to learn how to share the things that are significant in our life. Uh, we have to learn how to confess and tell people where we're really at. I like that same verse in James 5.16 in the Amplified. Let me just read it. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or a woman believer can accomplish much, but when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and ha can have tremendous power. I realize, what a verse, that when we just will get vulnerable enough to talk to another human being about the things that we are going through, that we confess the offense, that we confess the shame, that we confess the addiction, that we confess I, all these things that I didn't think I'd be involved in, I was involved, whatever it was, when we confess, it comes out of darkness to light, and there's an opportunity for beautiful, wonderful healing. Some of us may think, well, you know, I just, I, I can't, I can't do that. I'm just really hurt or, you know, I'm, and, and, and what are the reasons why most of us wouldn't talk to another person? Things like we're ashamed about it. Things like, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe this happened to me because no one steps out in, in, in things that mess us up on purpose, it's not like we plot to, to, to have, you know, some things that we struggle with. But we all struggle. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
I found it's, it's, it's sometimes, especially in relationships, it's trust. Sometimes it's a, it's a breach of that trust. Sometimes I, you know, I, I put my trust in a friend and, and they shared the news with other people. You know what I realized? The only way to change that script or that story is to do the very same thing, confess and tell. The only way to not stay trapped in a cycle, to not stay trapped in a pattern, to not stay trapped in, in yes, somebody may have broken a trust. But you know what happens? Instead of just leaving it there, what if we learned from what, what was broken? What if we learn, oh, maybe I didn't choose that friend wisely. Maybe I need to look at fruit in people's life before I decide that I'm going to share with that person. If we can learn from the brokenness of the trust, if we can learn from, from the pains that we have been through, then we have another opportunity. And I find that God doesn't give us like a Willy Wonka pass. He's not like, you know what, you got hurt, so you never get to try again. You got hurt real bad, so you really don't need to try again. God never says that. He says, listen, you may have gotten hurt. It may have happened really bad. People are human. People make mistakes. I've made mistakes. You know, they're, they're, those are real situations. But it doesn't make us stay in that place. We can, we can step out of that place and learn from those experiences. And we try again using wisdom. We just learned, if there was a trust broken, how not to do it. So we can change the script and open up again. And I really felt God saying that. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, but, but he said to, to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. All of us have fallen short. But all of us need to give people another opportunity. And I'm not saying just caveat. I'm not saying, like, stay in abusive relationships. Stay in manipulative situations. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying we've got to learn from our brokenness, learn from those experiences, and step out again. Do you know that Jesus was stabbed in the back by his own friends? Jesus himself, the perfect example for us. I mean, Judas is giving him over to the enemy. And what does Jesus do on that night? He says, Judas, my friend. Literally says that in the Bible. My friend, come do what you've come to do. It's the inner circle, isn't it? Those were the disciples. Judas was one. He was, he was part of the crew. He was part of the friendship of Jesus. And he broke trust with Jesus. But do you know what I found? I don't find Jesus going, you know what, Judas? Because you served me over to my enemy, because you stabbed me in the back, you know what? The rest of y'all disciples, go on your merry way. Like, he doesn't unlike all of his friends from that point forward. He doesn't get a cold heart and go, that hurts so bad, I'm not going to reach out again. He says, Jesus dies for humanity. He restores relationship with all of us. Peter denied Jesus three times. He was part of the close circle. You'd think Peter of all people, of all the disciples, would have been the one to not do that. And yet he does that. And then you know what you find later on in Scripture? When Jesus rises from the dead, where the first person, he, one of the first people he appears to is Peter. And I think that's for a reason. He's like, Peter, you may have hurt me. You may have had a really bad day and made some really poor choices. But I want to tell you, Peter, I still love you. I still want to be in relationship. I'm still going to build the church off your back. You still have the goods, Peter. You may have done something wrong. But you know what? We can make it right. We can continue. I think it's so significant that God is showing us we can go through some hard things. 
And we could come out the other side growing and learning. Do you know what the Bible said? That there are some people, they're born for adversity or born out of adversity. Here it says, Proverbs 17, 17. A friendship loves, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. Sometimes when we go through some really hard things with people and we get through to the other side, they become our very, very best friends. There's a closeness in there because it didn't work out and then we worked it out and now we're friends again. Those become wonderful friendships in our life. Y'all with me? Okay, we're getting there. Point number three, use wisdom and discernment in relationships. Use wisdom and discernment in relationships. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders. Make the most of the opportunities. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer everyone. This is what I discovered. We've got to choose wisely who we open up to. And the way to do that is look for the fruit. When we, when we decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to stop staying by myself. I'm going to stop not going to connect group. I'm going to stop just coming in and coming out and not making friends and not meeting with people. I'm going to really open myself up. Or maybe some of us have are coming out of some hurts and some things with others. And we're like, we're going to give it a go again. You know, you know what I found? Great. In those moments, now, why don't we just stop and pray to God and go, God, reveal to me who a deep, close friendship should be. You'd be surprised sometimes on who God picks. Sometimes we pick and we're like, I, I think that person, I think. But sometimes we pray, and I, that's happened to me in my own life. I've prayed and God's like, reveal someone. Go talk to that person. Begin to connect with that person. And it's a beautiful thing that we just start off small and start to build a relationship. And, and, and that's using wisdom. And then when we go through something tough, like my sister did, it's true. It's not appropriate just to share everything with anyone and everyone. That is too much. But God has specific, divine relationships for all of us. And so she was able to go, God, who is it that can handle this kind of information that can help me to walk through? Would you begin to show me who those people are? And then the, all you have to do is look at who in my world has that kind of fruit. Who went through hell and back and came out the other side? Surely they have some wisdom to help me in my situation. And so it becomes really easy. I always loved it through our church. And, you know, we were, were pastoring so many people. And a lot of times people would come up and they're like, I want to meet with you, pastor. And I'm like, great, what do you want to meet about? And then they'll begin to share. And sometimes it's completely correct. I'm like, I would love to sit down with you. Let's chat about that. Other times I'm like, you know what? I know someone that has wonderful experience in exactly what you're talking about. Would you mind if I connect you with that person? I want to connect people with, that, with people that have fruit on their lives, that have been through some stuff, and have wisdom to share from it. And we all do. If we have been saved for a minute, we have a story to tell. We have something to give to somebody else. And God has a beautiful way about bringing the right people at the right time to each of us to be able to give to someone. And I found that we're also on both sides of the coin. Sometimes it's our season just to be giving out. We've gone through some stuff. We've come out the other side. We're living in harvest season. And so we're, you know, we're Christian and Lupita. We're giving out. We're giving out. We got the goods, you know. But then there's other times where it's like, wow, I'm really going through some stuff. Okay, who is it that could walk me through? Who, that's not a bad 
place to be. Don't shame yourself for that. Don't think, well, well, I can't. You're going to serve. You're going to minister. You're going to become all the things that God has called you to be. But right now, you need somebody to walk out a part of your life. That's normal. That's life. Life is done in seasons. It's done in seasons. It's moments. It's not forever. And so I find all through life we go from each side of the coin, sometimes at the same time. Sometimes I'm going through something and I'm getting wisdom, and and then there's other parts of my life that I'm able to share and give to others. We all have a testimony. We all can do what the Bible says, and we we, we can share with another, and then healing can happen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Last point, point number four. Be inconvenienced to build genuine, authentic relationships. Be inconvenienced to build genuine, authentic relationships. I found that when we want a significant relationship, we have to be ready to pour out before we receive. If we want to have those relationships, then we have to start to begin to deposit into other people. And oftentimes, it's totally inconvenient. It's when, when somebody comes and, or you realize, oh, my gosh, that person in my world needs a bit of help. It never is like at the perfect time. It's like, oh, my gosh, I had all day to help someone today. I'm just sitting around, sipping tea on my porch. Somebody walked by. I'm like, oh, that's the person I could help. No. It comes when we have seven things. 17,000 things going on at one time. It happens when you've got family and the kids are going nuts and the, and the phone is ringing and 1,700 things are happening all at the same time. But then all of a sudden, God brings somebody into your point of view and you're like, okay, God, I don't know how to do it, but give me wisdom on how to do it. And you launch out and you go, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the kids to bed. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make time for this person that God has highlighted to me to walk something out. And I'm going to do something like invite them into my house. I'm going to have a coffee with them. You know what happens at a, at, a, at a table, at a meal? I know that Pastor Katie has preached whole messages on this. There's something beautiful and vulnerable about allowing somebody into your space, into your home, and to go, you know what, I want to hear about you. What's the story behind the story? I had one of those moments last week where I saw someone. It was just God highlighting someone. And I just went over. I didn't know why. I didn't know anything. And I went and I, I put my arm around her. I said, how you doing? Honestly thinking she was fine. Like I didn't even know why I was going. So she's like, usually, and she's a super peppy person. So she's like, and so I put my arm, how you doing? She's like, she's like, fine. And the Holy Ghost is like, not fine. And I go, fine? No, you don't, what's going on? No, 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 it's all fine, Stacy. It's all fine. And I said, no. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's fine. And I persisted four times. I did. I'm an aggressive friendship person. Because I felt the Holy Ghost. I felt God leading me like there's something here. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. The fourth time I said it, tears start flowing out of her eyes. And she puts her head on my shoulder and begins to share what she's been going through. Sometimes we need somebody to step out of our own little worlds and our own little life to see somebody else that's hurting. What's the story behind the story? I'm, I, I've become obsessed, I've, I'm going to be honest with you, of like when I meet someone, I'm like, who's in there? Who's really in there? I hope it's not a psychopath, but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm like, who is that? I want to find out. People are fascinating. People are interesting. You'll find out stories that will blow your mind when you discover like, oh my gosh, that's your history? I wouldn't have guessed that in a billion years. 
the discovery of humans, how God made them and designed them, and then how God puts you specifically at the right place at the right time to minister to that person is a beautiful thing. I want to show a little clip that Chick-fil-A put out. So this is a Chick-fil-A ad, but I felt like it perfectly kind of shows um, leaning into the Holy Spirit to begin to sense what's the story behind the face. Could we go ahead and play that, that video? powerful description. They are doing this selling chicken. This is a Wednesday night, so y'all can buy it afterwards, too. It's not Sunday, so probably a lot of people are going to go to Chick-fil-A tonight. You're welcome, Chick-fil-A. But I just thought, like, what if we took a moment? Like, take a look around. Who are you sitting next to? Like, literally, go ahead. Take a look around. Just like we saw the faces on the screen, these are the faces in our church. Do we know the stories? Do we know what's behind this beautiful face that God created? What's the stories? 
I think it's God's beautiful wonder and mystery that we get to discover one another, that we get to discover the stories. If we would but just take a moment to get vulnerable, take a moment to, to reach out outside of our normal circle, outside of the same friends that, that we have, to take a moment to see a different face and go, what's your story? What's behind that? Do you want to come over my house? Should we go to lunch after service or dinner after a service? Let's get to know one another. I am telling you, healing comes when we confess our sins one to another that we may be healed sins offenses heartache, pain God, uh, my dad told me years ago when I was getting into the ministry, he said Stacy he said when you get the opportunity make sure that you do more funerals than weddings and I said what? what are you talking about? First of all, I would like to do neither of those things. <laughs> he said, Stacy, when you get the opportunity, he said, do more funerals than weddings. And this is the principle he was teaching me. He said, everybody's there on the celebrations. Everybody's there in the, on the mountaintops when the success happens and the marriage happens and all the things. But could you be there in the heartache and the pain? Can you be there when the loss is so significant? Can you be there when, when, when it's not all going well? And he wasn't talking about just the funerals and the celebrations. He was like sharing the principle. Can you be there in the tough and the hard times for people because it's so significant? And then it makes the celebrations times all the more powerful because absolutely we should celebrate and have fun. But it's so rich when you're along the journey with people, when you know the full story, when you've gone through the heartache and the pain and you get to the other side when the grief ends and there's a new day on the other side and you get to stand with that person and you get to celebrate with that family. I'm telling you over the years I've discovered I want to be like that. I want to know the story behind the story. I want to be there in the significant times of pain and hurt and also in the significant times of celebration and the only way to do that is to get outside of my own little humanity and world to look into somebody else's and invite them in. And when we do, that person has a choice. They can decide to confess and tell, or they can decide to hold it back. But how badly do you wanna be free? How badly do you wanna break out of loneliness? People have to decide for themselves to open up their mouths and speak the real talk, the real things in life. And when we do, there is an opportunity for God's mighty, powerful hand to come through and healing can happen. Can we all stand to our feet tonight? Why don't you just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. I'm just gonna pray for us. Bob Goff said something that's awesome. He said, God isn't wowed when we go across the ocean, like mission trips and stuff like that. He's dazzled though when we go across the street, meaning we take time for the people in our world. I think it's such a beautiful thing to step outside of ourselves, to see another, and to offer an invitation. A coffee could be a healing. A dinner could be a miracle. We don't know what waits on the other side, but we all have the opportunity to be that person. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven. God, oh God, Lord, we thank you tonight 
that you're the designer and the creator of relationships, oh God, that you wired us, Father, for a relationship with you where we can receive of your goodness and your greatness, of your power, God, Lord, of your miraculous anointing, God. Lord, we thank you that we have peace that surpasses understanding when things don't make sense and yet the peace of God comes on the inside of us. Oh Lord, we can be in the awe and the wonder of you, Jesus. But Lord God, I also thank you that you wired us for the planet you put us on, God, that you wired us for the mission that you gave us and the assignments that we have. And Lord, I thank you that it's people. I thank you that the way you set it up is that, that, that people would give their lives to you, but we would live our lives with each other, oh God, following Jesus with each other, Father. Lord, I thank you right now for depth of relationship. I thank you right now, oh God, that people in this room are right now making decisions. That's it. I'm done. I'm not staying lonely anymore. I'm not staying in the backdrop or the background. I'm going to not stop going to the things I should be going to. And I'm going to do it scared. And that's okay. Step out. To break fear, we got to do something different than we've always done before. I thank God right now that he will make a way that he's already beginning to show. Some of you begin to pray and begin to ask God, Lord, who is it you want me to be in close relationship with? Who is it that I that, that I should go and be open and vulnerable to God? Who is it that has fruit on their lives? And then, oh Lord, I thank you that you are making us to be Jesus. Lord, a light to somebody else, Father. Lord, I thank you that you have made us to be, God, a, a lantern in your world, God, a bright and shining light for those that surround us, oh, Father. Lord, I pray tonight that through darkness we have the light of God and that we would see what you have called us to see. God, that we look upon the faces of others. You would begin to show us, talk to that one, give a hug to that person, begin to break up, begin to invite that person into your home. Oh God, give us wisdom and discernment as we do that, Father. Lord, begin to show us the story behind the story, Father. Give us wisdom to know how to minister to those people, Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now, oh God that we don't do these things in and of ourselves, but by your spirit, oh God, by your power, Father, we're able to see those that are surrounding us, oh God. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that East Lake Campus, that awakened church is known, Lord, for their relationships, for their friendships that run deep, God, that when people come in all alone and scared, that they don't leave that way anymore, that they find community that is willing to go the distance, that they find community that's willing to get into the heartache and the pain and bring out the victory. Oh, Lord. Lord, I thank you for testimony on testimony on testimony in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that this is your design. Lord God, I thank you for your covering. I thank you for your protection over us, God. I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing on the inside of us and for all that you will do through each and every one of us. In your most magnificent, wonderful name we pray. Can I get a big amen? Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative.
Bye for now.